If you're looking for ideas and band nine vocabulary for IELTS speaking part two questions, then come and join me and listen to this interview with Martin from Rock and Roll English. Hello, my friend. How are you? And if you've never seen me before, hello, newbie. How are you? So it's Keith from English Speaking Success and the website, the Keith Speaking Academy. Um, and I'm here, well, to help you develop your English speaking skills in a fun and professional way so that if you're taking the IELTS speaking test, you can face the examiner with confidence and ace your IELTS test. Now then, I'm very excited because today I've got an interview with Martin from Rock and Roll English. Now, you may remember, probably not, I did a video with Martin about three years ago. It was an IELTS speaking test. He was the candidate. I was the examiner. Um, it's up here. You can go and watch it later. It's an old video, but still very, very useful. Now, today we've come back together and we're going to look at IELTS speaking part two questions so that we can give you ideas to talk about and lots of vocabulary that you can learn and also use for some of your own answers to these questions. Now, IELTS students will be familiar with the part two question. Basically, it's the long turn where the examiner gives you, asks you a question and you have to speak for one to two minutes. Martin and I are going to ask each other these questions and answer, but we're going to do it in a conversational way rather than an examiner-student way. We're just two people speaking. But you'll clearly see the question and the answer, a follow-up question and the final answer there. And we'll both be answering the questions. So you get two for the price of one. Not bad, eh? Now, this video is a little different because actually I'm also going to test your listening skills. Let's see how good you really are. Let's jump straight in and begin. And here we are with Martin. Hi, Martin. How are you? Hi, Keith. I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm uh, very, very well. Very, very good. Um, now, Martin, you're from obviously Rock and Roll English, but I'd like to ask you a few quick fire questions, almost IELTS style, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, so what is your full name? My full name? My full name would be Martin James Johnston. And where are you from? I'm from Chelmsford, which is now a city, and it's about 30 minutes outside of London. Okay. And where do you live now? After 12 years living in Italy, I moved back to my hometown, Chelmsford, two years ago now, actually. Hmm. One. I ask myself the same question every day. Family reasons, but my heart is still in Italy. I love Italy. Right. And what do you do? Tell us about what you do. I teach English online. I have a podcast, which is the soul, let's say, of my brand. But I have now also created lots of online courses and run a membership site. So, yeah, teaching English online is the simple answer. Fantastic. Excellent. Good. 
So those are kind of the IELTS style quick fire questions. Um, we're going to move on and talk a little bit about some kind of part two topics, if you like, in IELTS, but in a very conversational style. Now, the first part two question we look at is, tell me about some bad customer service you have had. Martin is going to answer first, and I'm going to tell you some of the words that he uses. And I want to see if you can spot these words when you listen to him. Now, the first one, simple, is, well, question. Do we say do a complaint or make a complaint? Make a complaint, right? So when you complain, you can make a complaint. That's the first. The second is agitated. Great word, right? Agitated. Can you say that? Agitated. He says the person was very agitated. It means nervous and angry, kind of mixed up together. We also have flustered or ruffled. Great words. The word number two then, agitated. Number three is shush, to shush somebody. <laughs> he says, I shushed her. To shush somebody is to go shh, right? Now, in England, it's considered rude to shush somebody. Don't you shush me. It's not a good idea. The fourth, the fourth word is a phrase, water under the bridge, like the song by Adele, right? But when we say something is water under the bridge, it's talking about an action, usually something bad somebody did to you, but you now want to forget it. It's not important to you. That is water under the bridge. Okay, let's listen to Martin and see if you can spot these four words or phrases. So I'm thinking about when we go to restaurants or shops, sometimes we get bad customer service. Um, can you tell me about a time when you've had bad customer service? Of course. Unfortunately, I hope my friends in Italy don't dislike me for this, but in Italy, very often the customer service would not be so good. And one time in particular, I had a problem with the bus driver who wouldn't let me on the bus because he said the bus was full. And then he literally threw me off this bus, physically threw me off this bus. So I thought I'm going to make a complaint about this. So I went to the, the main office and they said, no, you have to go to the other office. So I went all the way across the city to the other office. And then when I got to the other one, they said, no, you have to go back to the one where you were. So I went back to that one. And then they said, call this phone number. So I said, okay, brilliant. So I went outside, called the phone number and it said, we are now closed, but we are open from nine till five. And this was 11 o'clock in the morning. So I was in the times where it should be open. So I went back in again to speak to the woman who at this point was very agitated and didn't want to see me. She said, look, I've already told you. And I suppose I did make a mistake there because as she was talking, I was trying to play the message and I did something quite bad and I shushed her. So she was talking and I instinctively just said like, Shh, like listen. And when I shushed her, she was yelling at me very, very loudly in front of a lot of people. So yeah, that's the time I had bad customer service. So in the end, I just had to leave it. I, I, I couldn't do anything. Right. How, how, gosh, that's quite impressive. How, how did you feel about that whole experience? Very angry. And 
in very i felt it wasn't just because i wanted justice because the man physically threw me off a bus which is something that you shouldn't be doing and i so i wanted so that there were consequences for that but it was just impossible to talk to every to anyone so I, i just had to leave it there was nothing i could do that's so interesting. Did did you ever catch that bus again? <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> and because I used to take that bus every day to work. And then I saw the bus driver. And in the end, I apologized to him because I thought, otherwise, this is just going to be awkward. So I said, oh, like, sorry about the other day. And he was like, no, it's fine. Don't worry. And I was thinking, you should be apologizing to me. This should be happening the other way. But never mind water under the bridge you're very kind (laughs) exactly okay now before we watch my answer again some vocabulary and i want to see if you can spot these words the first one bland i said it was completely bland bland just means a kind of food is not salty has no taste not enough salt it's bland second curt if somebody is curt then they are direct but rude. So instead of saying, would you mind giving me the pen? You say, give me the pen. That's curt, right? The third one is an expression and I say, this is not on. When we say something is not on, it means it's not acceptable. So something's happened, some kind of behavior, and you say, this is not acceptable. This is not on. Fourth one is I talk about somebody and she was seeing red. To see red is to be very angry. It's a bit like the bull when they see a red cloth. They get angry and charge to see red. Fifth one, to storm out. We wanted to storm out. You probably know a storm with the the rain and the lightning and the thunder. But the verb to storm out is to leave a place very angrily. Let's see if you can spot these words. What about you, Keith? Have you ever had bad customer service? I have. And as you're talking about Italy, I'm afraid to say (laughs) it it brings to mind a situation in an Italian restaurant. Now, this was in Manchester, and this was a couple of years ago, but it was an Italian restaurant. Um, And I, I went there with my brother and his family, um, we were celebrating, I can't remember if it was my brother's birthday or something similar. Um, so we went there to, to celebrate and we went into the restaurant and we ordered some food. We all had kind of different dishes, except two people who had the same dish. But when the food came, I had the fish and it was dry. Two people had the same dish and they looked totally different and they were different dishes, but should have been the same. And the other person said it was completely bland. So basically, we called over the waiter to complain, and he said, um, okay, I'll speak to the chef. And then there was kind of a long delay. Nothing happened. And so we asked the waiter, what's happening? He said, oh, we're still waiting. So we asked to see the manager. And then the manager came over, didn't apologize, was very curt and almost you know, angry that we'd disturbed him in his work. Um, and we said, this is just not on. And... Um, my brother's wife was seeing red. I mean, she just flew off the handle. She stood up and started shouting at him. Um, and we almost stormed out, but I think she wanted to storm out, but we said, let's just wait, try and keep things calm. 
Um, and then they changed all the meals and and that was that. Um, but at the end, this funny thing on uh, in Britain, when you get the bill, they sometimes automatically give you like 10% service charge automatically. So we had to complain about that because <laughs> we said the service was terrible. Uh, and that was it, really. That was um, an unfortunate situation. Bad customer service in a restaurant. Absolutely. So the food came in the end. They they made you the food. Yeah, they did change it, and and my dish was fine. The other two were fine, but one of them was still not happy, and that was my brother's wife. And I I think she just got uh, a grudge. She she was just not nothing was going to make her happy that evening. And do you think there is a possibility because? When you complain like this, there is also always a possibility that they do something like spit in your food. Do you think? That were you very always, like yeah. when you were eating, thinking, looking in every corner of the dish? I, I think you're right, and I think that's uh, it's it's strange but unfair, isn't it? That we have to be careful how we complain because if you upset certain people, they can spit in your food or put <laughs> extra spice on it or whatever you don't know. Um, yeah. So yes, I, I wasn't too worried. I, I think they, I don't know, but I hope they didn't. Yeah, exactly. I do believe in Britain, there is a much more complaining culture about food. Um, that when when I go out, for example, with my mum, she complains every time we get food. It's an absolute nightmare. Whilst I, again, when I lived in Italy, I remember complaining about the time a pizza was coming. And I said, I ordered a pizza. And then it would take an over an hour. And I said, look, I'm not going to pay for it then. Because in England, they would probably say, okay, don't pay for it. We'll give it to you. And he just said, okay, well, I'm not going to give you the pizza. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah. oh, actually, no, I do want it because now it's like <laughs> 11 o'clock at night and I, otherwise I'm not going to eat. Um, Your sunken costs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so with the service charge at the end, that must have caused some problems as well. Yeah, they scrubbed it. In the end, right. oh, they did. Um, okay. We refused to pay, and okay. they they took it off the bill. Okay. And said okay, and uh, and we just to ourselves we said we we won't go back there. <laughs> of course, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, good idea. Yeah. So restaurants and buses, interesting. Mm. Right. Okay. The next question, part two, question is: Tell me about a good advertisement you have seen. Now, again, we're going to listen to Martin first, and let me tell you a couple of words, see if you can spot them. The first phrase he uses is, it sticks in the memory. If something sticks in the memory, it means it stays in your memory. It's, it's easy to remember. We often say, it sticks in my memory, or it sticks in my mind, it sticks in my head. Um, they're all, all mean the same. The second thing is mayday, mayday, which is something used by the army and the navy. It means help. So when somebody is asking for help, they go mayday, mayday. And Martin makes a joke playing on two words, the word think and the word sink. So to think about something and to sink is to go down in the water. See if you can understand the joke he's making about think and sink. Let's have a look. Mm. What about um, another interesting topic is advertisements. Um, mm. Because, you know, tra traditionally advertisements were on TV, but you also get them on social media now so much. Um, traditionally, I'm showing my age there, aren't I? <laughs> but advertisements. Um, 
What about a good advertisement? Can you think of or tell me about a good advertisement you've seen? Yeah. So as you were sort of touching upon there, I don't really watch many adverts these days. Certainly in the past, you were forced through with TV. Now, if there is an advert, I think people just grab their phone immediately and like start doing something else. But one which sticks in the memory, when I was working for an English school in Italy, I was in charge of social media. So I remember in the summer, they would give me lots of time in the summer to come up with ideas and create videos that we would release during the year. And a lot of time I just had to spend on YouTube and looking at things to get ideas. And I found a particular advert about a language course, which I thought was hilarious, where there was a guy in kind of a control room where I think like boats were coming in, I would imagine who obviously didn't know what he was doing. He looked like he didn't really work there. Maybe he was the sort of caretaker or something like that. And then all of a sudden you hear someone calling, Mayday, Mayday, we're sinking, we're sinking. So the guy looks around the office for someone, there's no one there. So he thinks, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to have to deal with this. So remember, this is an English language course they're selling. And so the guy's saying, we're sinking, we're see- sinking. So it's a German um, guy who then goes onto the microphone and says, I'm probably not going to do the German accent, but he says, what are you thinking about? Because he's understood uh, like incorrectly. So we're sinking, we're sinking. What are you thinking about? And then it just cuts to like a thing about how you need language, like learn English. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious so ones like that funny adverts which really stick in the mind that's interesting do you think though that there's a danger that that with the humor that you can actually forget what the product is about i do think that yeah and whether whether or not it actually works is another question but for for me when i if i have to think of an advert that's one which really sticks in the mind so i think the funny ones, yeah, people can forget about the product, but I do think at the same time they do stick in stick in the mind much more. Yeah. Okay, now with my answer, here is some vocabulary. Let's see if you can spot it. First of all, I talk about a no-frills product. No-frills just means that, that there's no luxury. It's just the very, very basic. For example, when you take an airline a flight. Sometimes you have a meal, a drink, and even a pillow. Some airlines, there's nothing. It's just a basic seat. That's a no-frills airline. You can have a no-frills product, a no-frills approach, no frills. Number two, it's what's written on the tin. That's what I say. Actually, the expression is it does what it says on the tin, which means that something does what you imagine it does. So if a hotel advertises as uh, a five-star hotel and then it has the swimming pool and it's really five-star, it does what it says on the tin, right? It's obviously what it is. Finally, the third one is it ticks both boxes or it ticks all the boxes. And this just means it meets all the requirements. When you tick the boxes, it meets the requirements. Watch and see if you can spot these three expressions. Um, what about you, Keith? A good advert or you've seen? 
good adverts um it's one to think about because there are so many bad adverts it, it's hard to recall a good one um there is one that i've seen here so i live in spain and watching spanish television which i do there, there's quite a lot of spanish adverts um nowadays we see lots of adverts selling um internet connection and cable mm. tv and stuff and so the there's this advert with a famous actor who is selling the the cable tv and the internet connection and he he's trying to sell a product which is a no frills kind of product um but it's at a cheaper price and he does it very clever he walks into a bar and he orders a coffee and it's it's quite a posh bar and they give him one of these beautiful cups specially shaped specially designed cappuccino has a special design on top it's got a little beautiful spoon that's all designed and he says if we took this coffee which costs five or ten dollars or euros and we took away the spoon and we put it in a normal cup and we just put normal milk it'd be the same coffee mm. really but it would cost you only one uh, euro fifty and it, and that's what our cable network offer is uh. right it's no frills approach it's cheap you don't need all this fancy nonsense that other people are offering you and it, it was funny but it was actually quite powerful and i thought that that's quite good actually if you're looking for a simple service um that just gives you you know it's it's what's written on the tin then that's basically the one to go for but i like i like the humor and i like the actor as well quite a funny guy and the big question do you have your internet with this provider did it work the advert the answer is no okay <laughs> but only because i had already bought my internet service right. the year before um and i didn't think about changing it um I could have done, but I didn't. He obviously didn't persuade me enough. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is actually a very powerful message that I think works, ticks both boxes about powerful, but actually resonates with the audience in the sense that, oh, right, okay, so I can just pay less for the same product. Right, exactly, exactly. Okay, the next part two question is describe a business person you admire. Now, Martin talks about a business person. He's a British guy and he talks about, well, the first word he says to charter a flight. To charter a flight is basically to rent an aeroplane for your personal use. Most people don't do this, but maybe companies might do this. The second one is to be dyslexic. And if you are dyslexic, you have trouble recognizing letters and find it difficult to read. Traditionally, this was seen as a learning difficulty. Nowadays, as Martin says, it's a learning difference. Can you guess which business person he admires? Let's find out. So let's move on. We've talked about um, internet and stuff and advertisements, business talking about business, um, in particular business people who are becoming more and more like celebrities, aren't they now with social media? Mm -hmm. In the past, they weren't that famous, but now they are. Can you um, tell me about a business person that you admire? So the person who I admire, business person, actually is one of the people that was very famous a long time ago as well. And it is Richard Branson, who oh. is most famous for his Virgin brand. And I've actually read a couple of his books and I just, just his approach, I just love. In fact, he in some ways inspired me to start 
my thing, rock and roll English, because before that I had tried a few things to do, never really worked because I was thinking, how can I make money? And in one of his books, something that he said, which really sort of struck a chord with me was just do, just do something that you can be proud of. Like concentrate on the money part later, just make something that you like, that's fun, that you can be proud of, and then go from there. And just so many of his stories, for example, he, in one of the books, he mentioned how the idea of Virgin, like the airways came from, he was in an airport, the flight was canceled. So he basically just rounded up a lot of people and chartered a flight to get them where they needed to go. So just that sort of entrepreneurial spirit. And one other thing I absolutely love about him, a stupid thing is he said that he hates ties. So <laughs> obviously ties that you wear, he just says, what's the point of them? And I totally agree. What is the point of a tie? It's just something uncomfortable. And so he just says every meeting he ever has, like no one is allowed to wear a tie. And he is also, I believe, quite, I'm not sure of the quite correct terminology, but dyslexic to quite a high degree, not just a little bit. And I just think to have the success that he's had just, just shows that, well, one, it's not actually, I even think the terminology has changed. It's not a learning difficulty. It's just a learning difference. So it doesn't mean that you're a disadvantaged position. It just means that you're in a different position to other people and how that thinking can really help because obviously the success that he's had. And I think even the way he thinks, like the example about the chartering a flight, I, I think he's just brilliant. Fantastic. Would you, would you like to meet him? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to go for a few beers with him. I'm sure he has got a ridiculous amount of stories. He also mentioned how he bought an island, but obviously years ago, I think he said it was 300 grand, which now you wouldn't even get a house for in the, in the south of England. But he said like he didn't have any of the money, but he said to someone, yeah, I'll take it. And then somehow managed to raise the money so oh, I could sit and listen to his stories all day long. Fantastic. He's a great entrepreneur. I agree. I, I read his first book as well. Mm. He was a great source of inspiration for me as well. Um, yeah. That kind of, if you have a problem, just like you say, charter a plane, that mm. ability to find a solution that, uh, you know, I wouldn't do. <laughs> me neither. I would just be sitting there thinking, oh God, a flight's been cancelled. But um, exactly. anyway. Now, the person I talk about, well, is not a British business person. Here's a vocabulary. I say, it chimes with me. If something, if we say it chimes with me, it means that it resonates with me. It sounds familiar, or I I can identify with that. So if somebody says to me, when I walk into a big room, I get very nervous because I'm shy. I will say, oh yeah, that chimes with me, right? That sounds familiar. That's me too. Second phrase is socially adept. Socially adept just means you are socially skilled, that you are a very sociable person. Now, the business person I talk about is not socially adept. They're American. Can you guess who I'm talking about? Let's find out. What about you, Keith, a business person that that you like person. or has inspired you? This, this is a difficult one because <clears throat> the one person I'm thinking about is kind of got a good and a bad side, but I, I do mm -hmm. admire him. And it's um, Steve Jobs from okay. 
Apple, the guy who started Apple many, many years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I admire him, I think, for the work that he's done, his, his, his whole creativity, his attention to detail chimes with me. And I think he's just, his ability to get things done, mm. similar to the Richard Branson example, I think he's just um, a very get up and go kind of guy. I say the, the bad side, because I mean, the downside is I am aware that as his personality and character and his family life was, let's say, a mess. And he wasn't a very nice guy. I've read his auto, his biography, um, two biographies actually. Mm. And if, yeah, when you when you dig a bit deeper, you discover he wasn't a very nice guy at all. Um, but you you often wonder then if that kind of the genius person needs to be an extreme, have an extreme personality in some mm. way. Um, and I think he was slightly less maybe socially adept, but incredibly talented at um, not just entrepreneurship, but creating things. Um, and coming back, his persistence to come back when Apple kicked him out, basically, mm. to, to, to come back and, you know, still be a leader in the whole tech field was was very impressive. So that's, that's someone I definitely admire. Yeah. Mm. So this question, obviously, has to change a little bit. So would you have liked to have <laughs> met him? Um, and or would you have been worried that maybe his social skills, they say, don't meet your heroes? Would you have been worried that maybe it wouldn't have gone well? Or would you have liked to have met him? I think probably the latter. Mm. Yeah, I think if I'd have met him, he probably would have told me to get lost, <laughs> um, probably. <laughs> and I, I think it would have been an, an awkward conversation. Like, mm. yeah, unfortunately, it's kind of maybe the the idea would be better than the actual meeting. The meeting sure. would lead to um not very very nice consequences right the next part two question is i know it's not a question it's a statement but tell me about any problems you have with your computer three vocabulary points the first phrase martin uses is it drives me crazy meaning it makes me angry makes me mad makes me crazy. We also say it drives me up the wall or it drives me round the bend, all with the same meaning. But here, it drives me crazy. Second one is I splashed out to buy a powerful computer. To splash out is to spend a lot of money. The third is a burglar. What a great word, burglar, burglar. Can you say that? A burglar. This is a person who breaks into your house and steals things. Yes, a robber. But a burglar is only for a house, not for a bank, only for a house. Can you guess the problem Martin had with his computer? And try and spot these words. Let's have a listen. I'm going to talk about computers. Um, and I mean, I'm sure you do use a computer. Computer, but tell me, how do you use a computer and do you ever get any problems from your computer? Mm. So I think it's interesting that the way I use my computer has changed a lot during the years. So in a long time ago, I had a Commodore, which I used to just use for what? <laughs> just use <laughs> for playing games. 
And then around university time, that was kind of when Facebook came out. So I always remember going on my computer to use Facebook. Um, and then when I left university, I was always using a computer at work. So always emails. But now because I run an online teaching business, I'm, I do everything. My life is on my computer. I edit podcasts. I send emails. I upload content to the website. I make videos, edit videos and do all sorts. As for problems, always. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because sometimes there is just no reason why something happens and it, it drives me crazy. And the noise, because I often have lots of um, heavy programs running and I also splashed out to buy a like powerful computer, but sometimes I've got so many p heavy programs running that it kind of goes. Zzzz. And this was even worse when I was in Sicily because I had like a recording studio, which was had no windows inside the apartment. And when it was like 40 degrees outside, I remember basically not being able to breathe and basically my computer couldn't breathe either. So we were both sweating in there. So some of the noise would really frustrate me as well especially if you were recording a video or something and then you've got the computer going but yeah i have lots of problems with the computer it drives me crazy what what would you do if you lost your computer i always think about this so for example i when i'm working downstairs often late in the evening when my family is sleeping and then i go upstairs to to bed mm. i always bring my computer with me because I think <laughs> if, if a burglar came in, they can take anything they want, but don't take my computer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if I lost my computer, I would, I don't know what I would do because I'm also not very good at saving things onto the cloud and things mm -hmm. like this. I, I know I should, but yeah, it, mm -hmm. it would be an absolute nightmare. Very interesting. Okay. Before we listen to my answer, three idioms that I use. Okay. The first one is in a similar vein to you, which means in the same way as you. Um, so the vein, right, is where the blood, it's the tube where the blood runs. Um, if you're in the same vein, you're going the same way. So in the same way. The second, I take it all with a pinch of salt. Salt for cooking, a pinch is a little bit, if I take it with a pinch of salt, I don't take it seriously. I take it philosophically. The third one, to get wound up by technology is to get frustrated and angry with technology. I get wound up by all sorts of things, but I get wound up by technology. Those are the three idioms. Can you guess the problem I have with my computer? Let's have a listen. What am I doing? <laughs> Let's have a listen. <laughs> what about you, Keith? Like, when do you use your computer and do you have any problems with it? Yeah, I use it all the time in a similar vein to yourself. It, it's core to my work because I do, I use it for creating videos, for doing live streaming. Um, it's a main part of my work. I use it every day uh, too much. I mean, I, I sit in front of a desk, in front of a computer a long time every day. Um, and I have to be careful, actually. I have to make sure that I, I move and I do exercise and I stay um, uh, not in shape, but I, I don't 
become fat, let's say, <laughs> with, with just sitting here. Um, and problems, there are, yeah, lots of problems. The main problems I have are usually totally unexpected. And it's almost as if somebody is watching me for the prime moment when they can <laughs> turn the switch off. Like you're about to go live and seconds before yeah. the mic stops working and you don't know why, or you're in the, I've had problems in the middle of a live stream and suddenly everything just locks and you can't move and you can't do anything. Um, I mean, I take it all with a pinch of salt. I'm quite philosophical about it. I just say, well, okay, it's not working. We'll have to come back to it when we can do it. Um, I try not to get frustrated. It, it's so easy to get wind, wound up by technology because you're kind of like, but I'm telling you to do this. And, and it's not a person that's going, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> and and in the end, it's, it's funny. I find that if I just walk away and come back a few hours later, almost miraculously, the problem is self-resolved. Um, mm. And I don't know why or how to explain that. But um, yeah, that, that's that's my um, feelings about computers. So oh, I've got a, tech, a technology see, problem. We've got another problem it's now. A sign. <laughs> this is behind the scenes. Yeah, this is just one of the many problems that you can have um, teaching <laughs> online. But you're certainly better than me. I, I think I manage that one quite well. But when I have Very a problem, well. I I yes. often go crazy. Like I've had the thing about going live, etc. Brilliant. Well, gosh, we've looked at lots and lots of different topics um, and lots of questions, hopefully given students a, a taste of kind of ideas for topics and, and ways of expressing different things. Um, lovely. So listen, Martin, thanks very much for joining me today. If thanks for students having me. are interested in finding out more about rock and roll English, tell us more about it and where they can find you. So as I mentioned it's the soul of the brand, let's say, is the podcast where generally a normal episode is where I talk to friends, very close friends that we have been friends for 35 years. And we just have a nice natural conversation. It's kind of, I always say, like listening to two friends having a chat mm -hmm. in the pub. So that's the main part of it. And then from there, what I try to help students do is to become fluent listeners because I believe that to become a fluent speaker, the first thing you need to do is become a fluent listener. So I have online courses, etc., that help with that, or even just the podcast, because it's quite simple. The more you listen, the, the better listening skills you will have. As for where people can find out about me, if you go onto Google and if you type let me just move here okay R rock and roll english it is the only english teaching brand with a grammatical error in it because there should be another <laughs> apostrophe there which i forgot about deliberately of course so yeah if you type in uh, rock and roll english to any of the podcast apps or into google um into youtube then you will find me fantastic great i'll tell you what i, I love about the stuff that you do is you've got this great balance of kind of professional and structured approach to learning and teaching, but you you blend in the nat natural conversations, the kind of the slang, bit of culture, comedy, humor, lots of stuff that, for example, that I might not teach. And, and, and I think it's still really useful for IELTS students because although they're focused on the test, actually what they need is, is natural conversational English. 
and 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 often it's hard to find that so i think you're you're a very good source of that i would recommend students go and look at or listen to the podcasts or if you like the video on, on youtube and just sit back and relax and kind of absorb what's going on it's really really useful thank you but i think you are doing yourself a disservice there keith because i find your stuff very entertaining i've seen your little sketches of when <laughs> you're dressing up and things like this absolutely brilliant so um I do yeah, have I an artistic side, I guess, trying to come out, but thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. But yeah, thanks again for having me on. It's been brilliant. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And we'll, we'll stay in touch. Cheers. Okay, absolutely. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Some really nice ideas and lots of good vocabulary to help you with your IELTS speaking part two answers. If you would like to get a free PDF with all of the vocabulary from this video, just click on the link below and you can download that for free. If you are interested in more model answers, not only for part two, but for part one, two and three, why don't you check out my gold course, which will give you a systematic way of studying using speaking success system, a four step approach to help you develop your English speaking skills in a fun and professional way so you can face the examiner with confidence and ace your IELTS speaking test. You can, again, check it out on my website, keithspeakingacademy.com. Um, there's also a link down below where you can get the course. That's it for today. Thank you so much for watching. Do remember to like the video and subscribe it if you liked it. And I will see you in the next video. Take care now, my friend. Bye-bye.